Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday, as always. Um, I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing, if you're new. And what we do here is we follow the Armor Investing Way. It's a three-stage process, really designed to get rid of all the noise out there and just execute. So we do our research. We put things on our whiteboard. We talk about fundamental companies and reasons why we want to own them. But we don't buy them. We use algorithms to tell us when to add risk, take risk off. And we use a stop-loss discipline to tie it all together and protect capital first. You know, I call this the Armor Report. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And I named it that because I believe it's armor for the portfolio. That's, that's really where I, I begin and end my process when it comes to managing money. So I've been doing this over 30 years, and I'm sharing with you what I've learned, successes, failures, hopefully to help you um, become a better um, manager of your own capital. So um, without further ado, let's just jump right in. If, you know, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to go over the algorithms. We have eight algorithms for the big picture look at the indexes. We use a red, green, or yellow light to tell us if we're adding risk, taking risk off, or managing risk. And so I'm going to share with you what's changed from last week. We're going to look at the portfolio and go over what we did. Really the biggest profit center for us last week um, is trading the indexes. So I'm going to share with you step-by-step how we use spot gamma information to trade. The spot gamma information is like rocket fuel. You've got to have your own engine. Okay, so if you've got an engine to trade, whatever your triggers are, and you use the spot gamma information, boy, the accuracy can go through the roof trading indexes. Now, you can also use the information to trade individual stocks and what have you, but what we found on our trading desk and the way I like to trade is that the, the highest degree of accuracy is when you're trading the most liquid assets, right? And so there's, there's ways to have... Um, um, you know, outsized returns trading indexes. You, I, I find that I don't even have to trade whatever the new meme stock of the day might be to have large returns in a portfolio. So for a day trading portfolio, for hedging purposes, man, the spot gamma information is, is spot on. <laughs> and we use our triggers and our algorithms to tell us when to you, you put that information to work. And we had a stellar week doing it. So I'll go over that with you. And then, um, you know, I'll get to your Q&A. So let's dive right in. Um, of course, if you want to subscribe, you can right down here. You can go to the Armor Report. Um, that's what um, this is right here. And you'll notice um, Armor Insiders. Anybody who's an insider, click on that button. And what happens is you get into the um, uh, part of the Armor Report. Really, it's just these four tiles, our portfolio, our whiteboard, exclusive videos, like this, but more in-depth every day, twice a day in some cases, uh, and our risk monitor, okay? And so the big thing about today is that the risk monitor has turned red, okay? And so I just, you know, right here, a little discussion on why, and then there you go. You can see it's turned red, okay? So I'm going to delve into how I'm managing my own capital. This is, this is a guide, right? So it's not designed to tell you what to do. You've got to make your own risk decisions. Some of you, you know, have your own path on um, how you follow stop losses, if you follow stop losses. So, as always, 
take the information, make it your own, right? Whatever your risk tolerance is, whatever your goals are, only you know that. So I can't tell you how to run your money, but I'll share with you what our algorithms are saying, right? And from, a, from the standpoint of accuracy, when, when we're looking at these algorithms and we use confluence as our guide, that's how we get, you know, a red stoplight, okay? It has to do with confluence. So we look at the eight different indexes, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the small cap index. Those are the real most important four. Then we have the secondary indexes, which we consider to be the momentum, the value, the IBD 50, and then the ARC uh, um, innovator. Okay? So those eight uh, indexes drive all of our risk decisions. And um, with an overweight, on the first four, okay? So the takeaway from today, and you guys know who've been watching this every Saturday with me, and I appreciate you doing that. Um, we've been talking about a wall of worry for the last couple of months, and the market just keeps grinding higher. If you look at options data, you can see that there's just been massive volatility compression, almost to the point where you wonder if it can go any lower. And it's, it's at those moments where they get a narrowing effect of the market, right? So fewer and fewer names are holding up the market, right? And that's usually the precipice right before, you know, you have some type of a correction. How big it'll be or how long it'll be, I don't know. And we can wax poetic about what the Fed might say next week, um, which, you know, what the Fed says and how the market reacts to it is completely different. So it's an absolute waste of time. What I try to do at the Armour Report is get rid of the noise. This isn't CNBC. I'm not going to tell you both sides. It could be this. It could be that. This is what the Fed's going to say. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows what the Fed's going to say or what the reaction will be to the news. Right? So on the one hand, I can say, you know, all these Fed speakers have been coming out in the last couple of weeks telling you there's going to be a taper. That doesn't mean there'll be a taper in September. Absolutely not. The Fed loves to jawbone and then come out and do nothing, right? So to make an assumption based on what you hear in the news is the worst possible way to manage risk, and I hope you don't ever do that. So what we try to do with the algorithms is get rid of all that noise and just understand that seven out of 10 stocks follow the market. So we start with these indexes. When they go risk monitor red, which is what happened on Friday, what that means is, number one, we raise a lot of cash, right? So we've got about 50% cash in our portfolios now, and our index-only portfolio is 100% cash. Now, we haven't had that in a while. So let's take a quick look at why we're there. Just basically staring at chart patterns. First of all, I'm going to get to the treasuries in a minute because what's going on with treasuries? Everyone tells me the Fed's definitely going to taper. Treasuries are in an uptrend leading up to what's supposed to be a taper. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, risk monitor red. These are all the indexes we follow. First of all, what you can clearly see is a breakdown from a double top here, albeit small, right? But a breakdown on the Dow below the 50-day, closing on its lows, 
right? So you can see why we're stopped out of that position. Okay, let's go over and look at the value. Okay, value was even weaker. So value as an index looks even weaker and is obviously trading below the 50. So that's done. Okay. Um, I want to share with you the S&P. Something happened on Friday we haven't seen happen. We haven't seen it happen since, since right here. Um, so I just wanted to highlight this. I think it was right. Now, where was it? Yeah, right here. The last time we saw the market, and I should make this different color. Right, let's call it. Let's just let's just do gray so we can see it. All right, right there. One, two, three, four, five down days in a row. It's the last time the S&P sold off five days in a row. As you can see, it, it, it led to a pretty quick and significant sell-off in the following two weeks. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that's about to happen now. All right? I don't know what – this was recovered immediately and skyrocketed because the Fed was still adding liquidity. So it was a quick buy-the-dip situation. All right? But it led to a pretty significant sell-off in a very short period of time in the S&P. So you say to me, that's not that significant. That's a small – but let me tell you something. When the S&P is doing that – uh, all the stocks underneath the S&P are getting destroyed. So risk monitor red means we're not adding risk. We're raising cash where we need to. We're raising our stops. So if this starts to get worse, we're defending capital. This is the armor report. We're defending capital as the market comes down, giving us the ability to put capital back to work on the next, next risk on green signal. So notice that was the last time the S&P had five down days in a row, okay? And you can see it happen one, two, three, four, and ended with a pretty big fifth day on Friday. So it just happened again after what's been an unbelievable uptrend. That's a mechanical bull market right there. So am I calling for the end of the mechanical bull market? I, I don't, I try never to make that type of a prediction. You know, I know some guys are out there, Spot Gamma in particular is talking about uh, 4,000 is a, is a key you know, um, gamma um, stack, right, that's a magnet that can drag the market down to that level. There's something like a 10% correction in the S&P, which would just totally wreck, you know, the rest of the market. Um, I don't like to pick numbers, Okay. 4,000 or, or what have you, because then what happens, the ego gets in the way. And then when it hits, you know, 4,100 and gives a nice risk on buy signal, you stand there and stare at it because you're like, it's supposed to go to 4,000. So it may or may not go to 4,000. Okay. There's a big magnet down to 4,000. It could get there. That's just a guide. The spot gamma information is great, but it's a guide. And what you need to use, what we use is a trigger, which are our algorithms, telling us when we get close to levels, if we see the risk-on trigger signal, we put capital to work. I don't care if the number exactly hits, right? This is important. I think you all, um, if, you, if you think about that while you're investing slash trading, I think it might help you if you're struggling a bit with some of these things. Um, these are guides. These are levels to look at. And then you have to determine using a trigger method when to put capital work. So what we're seeing is the Dow gets stopped out. Value gets stopped out. The S&P has five down days in a row. 
okay? The, our algorithm on, um, uh, on uh, um, the NASDAQ 100 is cash now, right? It's gone to cash. So normally what we use is a moving average stop, but um, it's not always the case. And what's happened with uh, the NASDAQ 100 has driven the algo to cash. Okay. Small caps is all, I've always been the canary coal mine, I tell you, right? And so I say to you guys, all right, we're going to put capital to work right here because it popped above the 50-day moving average, and maybe that's, you know, a move that's about to occur, right? There you go. Well, it failed and closed below the 50-day moving average and gets taken out of the portfolio. Now, you could say the low of that day could also be your stop. It's true. The market would have to extend lower on Monday to take out the low of that day. But once we put on a position and it moves higher, we raise our stop. And in this case, it's a 50-day moving average, closes below it, stopped out of the small caps. Everything is getting stopped out at the same time. These are the ARC funds. There's Innovator. Innovator never went up. It never actually went anywhere, right? Now, what's amazing is the IBD 50. That had an unbelievable breakout of this pennant formation. So theoretically, it should go a lot higher. And I can't really explain that action. Okay? But we're doing, what we're doing here is booking our profit there. We had a nice entry. It popped up. We're booking the profit because every other index is rolling over or breaking down. Same thing with momentum. There's no reason to be out of momentum or IBD 50. But when we have all the other major indexes giving us a risk-off signal, we book profits over here. These are secondary indexes, and we step aside. Okay? So to wrap up this quick section, big picture, using Armour algorithms, we're risk-off everywhere. Now, what I like to say about that is, you know, risk monitor red is right around the corner from risk monitor green. So I don't know when I'm going to get long again. But it doesn't guarantee, it's not a, it's not a call that the market's going to drop 20%. I don't know if it is or not. I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, every big market sell-off starts with a risk monitor red, right? By definition, by definition, because the way the algo works, we go to cash, the market craters, right? That's what happened last year on the, on the 24th of February. But we've had other risk monitor reds in the last, you know, year or so, and it didn't create a market crash. It just, you know, maybe went down for a day, and then everyone bought the dip, and the whole thing ripped higher, and we put capital back to work. Um, so the thought from this conversation is we have to really see what happens Monday morning. Um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the market gap up Monday morning. It happens all the time. We go risk monitor red on a really down day. And so usually the next day, like really 50% of the time, maybe even greater, you get a gap up the next day. Um, there are times when the market implodes the next day. And so that's why we don't wait. We raise cash. We'll see what the market does couple of things to remember um, about the month of September and October. They're typically horrible months, right? So all the horror stories you've ever heard about in the stock market typically happen in September and October. One reason about September is that institutions close their books at the end of September, and so they square positions. And if they've got big gains throughout the year, they book a lot of those gains by the end of September. So it's just, it's just a natural thing. Um, we also have two events this month, right? We've got um, quarter-ending options expiration, 
which is, I think, next Friday, right? Then we've got the FOMC meeting the following week. And all of these things are increasing volatility from what has been an unbelievably compressed level. Why does that matter to us? Because when volatility goes up, markets go down. So take a look at our day trading screen. This will kind of segue into how we're making money right now. All right. So this right here is a, um, the, the, all the lines you see on here, with the exception of the purple lines, are um, the Armour algorithm that we use to day trade indexes and day trade anything. But this is our index screen. So this is the S&P, the NASDAQ, the small cap index, the Dow, and volatilities on this screen. Because what happens with volatility really helps us trade, manage our trades on the indexes. Okay? So what you're looking at here is just an unbelievable collapse all day. And, you know, the market had a rally and then boom, right? And VIX just blew out. So that's what I wanted to show you. VIX blew out on Friday. So let's go take a quick look at volatility. And I'm not going to wax, you know, pull out. I'm not going to get into all the details. What I try to do for you guys at the Armour Report and, you know, for myself in general when I do, when I do this, I don't, I don't really care. There's, there's VIX, a blown-up example of a huge blue candle on Friday, right? All right, let me tell you something. I, I don't – this is going to sound – I don't know how this is going to sound to you, but um, I don't really care about the dictionary definition of things or getting into the weeds about what volatility is and why it's this and why it's that. While I respect guys that do that, I feel that it um, clouds – the importance for everyday investors like you and me. And we get so lost in the weeds trying to figure out what it is that we forget the importance of how to use it. Okay? So I don't, I don't really care the dynamics of, of why volatility is compressed and, 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 and all these different things. It doesn't really matter. All I care about is witnessing a change in the mechanical bull market process when we see that change start to occur, we take that information and we use it to make money and protect capital. The change we saw last week is that on our trading desk, ferocious accuracy, we've been trading the indexes. Now, in a mechanical bull market, the, the, the index trade isn't that compelling to me because the market opens and grinds higher all day. There's not a lot of volatility. So I have to go trade individual stocks, which is what we do, right? And we've been doing that for a long time. And then last week, we, we just crushed it. Trading from the long and the short side in the indexes. And what I generally trade is the S&P, the NASDAQ, and the small cap index. Those are the three that I trade. And I use the ETFs to do it. I use the triple ETFs to do it. And I use index options, right? But options on the ETFs. That's how I do it, okay? There's many different ways to do it. You could do whatever you want. This is how I do it, where I'm most comfortable. Um, I'm going to show you in a minute how we do it. We take spot gamma information levels, 
We use armor algorithm levels, which we call the price movement profiler or the armor PMP. Okay. And when we get to certain levels, the armor PMP gives us triggers. We put capital to work either in these uh, uh, ETFs or calls or puts. Okay. Uh, and then we use the levels on the PMP to book profits or we use gamma levels to book profits. But what I'm telling you today, you know, what, what we all have to do when we're investing and we're managing our capital, managing risk, is spot changes in the environment as fast as we can and use that information, okay, to protect ourselves or to get aggressive. So in this case, what I'm saying is we've been trading indexes. I mean, you know, in a normal mechanical bull market, I don't know, there might be four or five trading days a month that set up these great intraday index trades for me. But, you know, probably one-way trades. There'll be one trade a day. On maybe, maybe four or five days of the month, there'll be a one really great trade. I'm not saying you can't trade differently. Okay, there's many different ways to trade. I'm saying how I trade and the setups I look for and the Armour Algo we use, the PMP, will maybe five days a month in a mechanical bull market with compressed volatility, we'll get, you know, some trades we could put on where the reward's big enough for the risk we're taking. What I'm saying is last week, we were long, short, and long. Or we were short, long, and short. Picking off two or three trades a day. That hasn't happened in a long time. Probably not since last, what was it, what did I say, October? The last time the S&P was down five days in a row. Because when the market's going down, volatility's spiking, and you start to get these swings that you can trade, like, I mean, with, with just obscene accuracy. And I'm sharing that with you today, not to just, I mean, yeah, it's lots of fun and we're making a lot of money. But more importantly, it's the information. That volatility hasn't been here. So what does it tell us about the market? Okay? So... Um, what it tells, so here's a tiny little blip. It's not even that big of a blip in volatility. But let's go look at, um, let's just take for an example, um, the trading we did. I'm going to blow this picture up. This is the S&P. Right? So you can see these triple purple lines. These are all, the purple dashed lines are all spot gamma levels. And we have our uh, Armour PMP that you know, automatically, of course, it's an algo, drives, draws all these lines, whatnot, right? And we put on each morning on our live trading desk, we fill in these purple lines uh, um, using a, um, a manual you know, process. I don't want it to be an automated process because I like to see how they change. I like to, it, it's a, you know, old school, but it makes me comfortable to walk through it, okay? So when we get triple lines like this right here, right, we know this is a major gamma area, right? And so what we did is market gap up in the morning. You know what? Why don't we do this? Because really it was two days in a row where really we just crushed it. So we started off Thursday. The market rallied up in the morning. Can't get above the first green line here, which is the Fibonacci extension higher from the opening range, one fib higher from the opening range, right? And you could see that right here, this is the armor um, uh, average true range high of the day. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds. So I'm not going to go through every little line. I'm just going to share with you how we do it. Okay, so market opens higher, puts in a little double top. That's what those little red hashes are there, right? Breaks below 
the VWAP. Okay, so we don't short the S&P ever do that. What I like to do, and when I see that type of thing happening, my favorite thing to do is to short small caps. So let's go take a look at small caps now from two days ago. This is Thursday's trade. Okay, this was a no-brainer setup for us to own puts on the uh, a small cap index. Opens, rips higher right into this yellow line here, which is a key part of the Armour uh, PMP. Sets up a top over a two-hour window right at this teal line or this you know, light blue line, which is the average true range high. Okay? We have our puts on right in here, actually. We put our, had our puts on right here. That's when we had the puts on. Drop down. We stayed with them, stayed with them. Boom, got paid right down to this key location here for us where we book our profits literally right in here. Okay? And then we put another trade on right there on that bar for the rip higher into the close back up to the gamma level. But our favorite thing to trade, you know, is this trade right here on the S&P. So we were short small caps on the way down, okay, and then long the S&P off of that trigger signal. You can see it's uh, white, and actually there are four white bars and two yellow here, but so that's two different algos going off at the same time telling us the market just bottomed. And notice how it happened right at a key gamma level. So it was a simple trade back up to this gamma level right here, and we booked our profit right on that, that tag right there, that little red mark, boom, booked our profit. Turned right around. When we booked that profit, we turned right around and bought the puts on small caps and enjoyed that 20-minute sell-off in the market. So we were short, long, and short. You don't usually get that type of action in a bull market. I'm telling you, that's bear market correction type action. Okay? So guess what the first trade was yesterday? All right, I can just go back here and look. The first trade yesterday was a long trade off of this gamma location. So it came right down. You, you could say, well, look, Brett, there was a huge trade on the downside in the morning. It's true. I'm telling you how I trade, right? I don't put that trade on first thing in the morning. So my first trade was right here as it built a base at the put wall. So this is the spot gamma put wall in the S&P. And so we're always looking to get long on the put wall. And there's your two yellow bars, bang, bang, that take you right back above the put wall. So you're long. In fact, we got long right here. And our stop was down here. We never got stopped out. And then we uh, increased the position 50% here or in some cases, I doubled the position right there, right, for the run back up to the next gamma level. Now, look, I'd be happy to stay with this thing. We had a huge position on here. And this is the key when you're trading indexes, right? I guess depending on how you trade them. You do whatever you want. I don't want to get in your way. Here's how I trade them. I trade them big. I have a day trade-only portfolio. I don't need to go trade a whole bunch of mean stocks at small position sizes, which have to be because these things have – ridiculous volatility and it's almost impossible to use stops at all on those positions, right? 
What I do is I take half my portfolio and get long the S&P and half my portfolio and I get long the NASDAQ 100 when I get a risk on signal like that, okay? So what you're seeing here is right here we're 50% long, but guess what we're using? We're using SPXL, which is three times the performance, right? So we're 50% long with three times the performance right there. So a pop right up here might look small to you, but if you have a big position on, it's not small, right? We always book some profits right at, right at the VWAP, this black line here, right? And then when it puts in that triple top, we're out of the whole position as it comes back below this key gamma level and, and uh, um, the VWAP, booking our profit on that move. And while that's happening, guess what we're doing? You guessed it. We're getting short or in this case, buying puts right up here. So now we're using uh, options. We're buying puts on the small cap index as it makes a top right in here. And of course, the breakdown below the VWAP is a no-brainer, but we were actually getting the puts on right in here. So we did it before it broke below the VWAP, okay? And we were adding put positions. I'm just gonna blow this up for you on the NASDAQ 100. Okay, because you can see, I want to blow it up so you can see how easy this is, how obvious it is. When I say easy, nothing's easy. Everything has, you know, volatility and it's emotional. But what we do is very simple. It runs right up into this armor moving average right there. You can see the yellow line stops right on it. That's why this line is so important to our day trade. Makes a triple top right at the VWAP. Now, what really got me excited about owning these, these puts right here is you see these two yellow bars here. This is an armor trigger, right? If it's a bull market, and this is the takeaway, and then I'm going to get to your questions, okay? But if it's a bull market, those two yellow bars would have produced another run in the market up to the next gamma level by the end of the day, okay? So when we take out the low of those two bars and go below VWAP, it's a no-brainer opportunity to put on puts, Something's wrong with the market. And, of course, if it were to take out the high of that yellow bar, you'd be out. So your risk is minimal. The risk is minimal, right? Except for, you know, explosion higher. It's hard to get out sometimes. You've got to stay on it, be vigilant, right? And the reward was enormous. And as I explained to guys in the trading desk, if you're a day trader, all right, and this thing comes down and touches the lows right here, maybe you book your profit. You've made some good money, depending on how big your position is. But if you're hedging a portfolio, you know, you're carrying put positions all, all the way down here and having just an enormous day trading day. Okay? So I just wanted to share that with you because the spot gain information is just brilliant information trading between those levels. If you've got an engine, which we do and I share on a live trading desk, to tell you when to put capital to work and what levels at which to book the profits. And that's what I share with insiders all day, you know, in our Slack room and you know, live on the trading desk. Um, okay, so to wrap this up, I'm going to get to your questions now. Let's just look at a, a couple of things we did in the portfolio. Um, and maybe I'll just take questions because it'll probably fall out. But a couple of things to note from our previous conversations in the last few weeks. Number one, um, precious metals. Obviously, had to take them out of the portfolio, okay? So... 
GDX, for instance. Okay. The, the low here is what I really wanted to hold to. I wanted to kind of keep the position on unless it, as long as it doesn't go below that low, you could probably keep the position on. But with the market imploding, and here's the key, here's the real key. When I get risk, when I get risk monitor red, I just start taking risk out of my portfolio and I don't start to um, rationalize why one might not blah, blah, blah. So I know some people might say to me, well, precious metals don't follow the market. If the market gets whacked, everything goes down together, period. So I've held a part of my precious metal structure. I still own Sprott physical gold, okay? But when it comes to the mining stocks, if stocks go down, all stocks will go down. We've seen it happen over and over again, right? So I've got a piece, my, my final piece, okay, is Sprott physical gold. But I decided to step aside on GDX for now. Sprott physical gold is still, you know, in a, at a reasonable level. Okay, I did exit Sprott Physical Silver because silver just, <laughs> just ain't working, right? So it tried to break out here and no follow-through breaking down. But again, for those of you who are diehard metals fans, as long as it stays above the low of that day, you could probably stay with it. But for me, when I get risk monitor red, I, I start taking things out of the portfolio, okay? I booked some profits on DraftKings and Penn. We picked this off perfect. It's a swing trade for me. We bought it in front of the NFL season debut. Everybody loved it into the NFL season debut, and, and I got risk monitor red. I just figure I'm done. I've made some money there, right? Uh, same with Penn. We just had a real nice trade. We booked profits. There's nothing wrong necessarily with that pattern. And if the whole market reverses and skyrockets next week, I'll probably regret it. Right? But right now, when I get risk monitor red, I book profits. You know, Unity, for instance. I'm just taking money off the table, booking profits, Airbnb, right? Um, there's, there's no reason necessarily to sell that. It looks great. We bought it right. It popped up. But when I get risk monitor red, I book profits. And the first thing I do is I take out the most aggressive names. So I still own utilities. I still own, you know, um, um, you know, Altria, stuff like that, okay? Um, I'm still collecting a dividend on Pfizer, all right? But I reduce position sizes everywhere, and I take out the high beta stuff, and I step back. And look, if the market doesn't sell off next week and, you know, seems like everything's okay, I might put some money back to work, get a risk on green stick, put some money back to work, all right? But the Armour report is Armour for the portfolio. It's to protect the net worth. And so there's going to be years where I spend protecting net worth for no reason, which reduces returns. Let's be honest, that's what it does, right? And then there'll be years where we protect capital and the market implodes. And our performance versus the market goes like this, right? And so that's, that's how I run my personal capital, and I hope it's helpful for you. Let's get to Q&A. All right, let's start with... What we got here? Mark Anderson, how are you? Question D. I'm assuming that's a stock. Do you have a question in? Dominion. All right. Great. Great question. Let's get to um, the utility stocks. I like Dominion, actually. It's one of my favorite utilities. I don't own it right now. I don't, I don't mind that chart pattern. It looks like maybe a little cup, a little handle, broke out, pull back right on top of support. Maybe a great idea, right? I have most of my 
capital, you know, tied up in the ETF right now because I just don't want a lot of individual stocks in the market that we're in. I don't love the end of the week there. And this is my example. When I say all stocks go down with the market, if the selling gets ugly enough, everything goes down with it. Utilities will go down too with the market. Now, they might go down less. They will. They'll go down less, right? And they might be the first ones to bounce after the initial volatility panic is over. But they'll go down, right? So I'm not adding util- I'm not adding anything. When the risk monitor is red, I don't add anything. I do own utilities. And my, my two favorites are Duke and Southern Company. They have the highest you know, yield that I'm willing to accept. There's Duke you know, and there's Southern Company. Okay, but Dominion, I think, is a great idea. Um, let's look at TLT for a minute. I wanted to go over this with you guys. So we're all trying to figure out what the heck rates are doing. And we have this blowout in price collapse in rates on the pandemic, right? And then we discussed this. We had this sell-off down to here and when there were a lot of people on CNBC, you know, concerned about rates and, oh, my God, it's, uh, rates are going to skyrocket. What I tried to share with you all, you know, back then in, in March is rates aren't, collapse, aren't skyrocketing. They're just going back to the level that was pre-pandemic. That's all they did, right? So what happens now is important. I, don't, I, can't, I can't really explain to you, and this is the part that's really a little confusing to me, Everybody tells me the Fed's going to taper. Everybody tells me rates are going up. But the long bond tells you opposite. It's in a nice uptrend. So April, May, June, July, August, these are the months leading up to a taper. And long bonds are going up and yields are going down. And we saw utilities doing the same thing. So now look, if this thing breaks out of this uptrend, then I'm going to really start believing in the taper. And I'll say, hey, man, that's going to happen. The bond players are sniffing it out. And probably utilities will have to be sold out of my portfolio. But if this thing breaks out to the upside, what does that tell you about taper and rates? And ultimately, the stock market, unless they're, they're blowing out for other purposes, like last year was a pandemic, and so maybe there's something else occurring that we're not aware of. And this thing breaks out having nothing to do with a taper. I don't know. But anyway, I hope that answers your question, Mark. I, 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 I am a utility guy. I am a, a dividend guy right now. And I'm, I'm watching TLT like a hawk. And if that pattern continues to build on its bullish you know, uptrend, then I think that those investments are right. But if TLT breaks down, I'm going to have to rethink that. Hey, Mo, how are you, man? Nice to see you. Glad you could join. I wasn't able to resubscribe or reactivate my old account. Um, well, we'll figure out that problem. Send me an email. You, that's a problem I'd love to fix for you. All right, we'd love to have you back, Mo. Um, I will go into the back end of the site today and make sure that you know none of your email, you know, um, uh, um, information is tied up. What I'll do is really just um, take it out of the system. And then by the end of today, you can go back in and subscribe fresh is what you'll do. Just start all over. Okay. But I'm glad to have you back. 
Red, very interesting. All right. I was thinking about the rest of the year's story on this long market. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. You know, um, I, I'm not really predicting the rest of the year. I don't know what the rest of the year is going to have. Let me repeat. I, I feel like I have to keep, I, I, I want to keep saying this. The armor investing way is not about predicting the future. Because I don't think anybody can do that. I have too much humility. I, I don't know what the market's going to do next. It's only about measuring reward versus risk and getting on the right side of probabilities. When the probabilities are in our favor, that's when we want to get aggressive. When they're no longer in our favor, that's when we want to protect capital. And when it's kind of even, that's when we're risk monitor yellow, kind of managing risk, you know, taking shots here or there, okay? Um, um, so, so that's what the Armour Report's all about. I, it's not about what the market's going to do into the end of the year. We have to read and react as we go. And, and I, I um, barring some catastrophe we're not aware of, I think we could have a very strong end of the year. I just think September and October, typical months for weakness, right? You could easily get a 10% correction, 5%. How about just a 5% correction in the S&P? I think it's been what? what, what it must be 11 months. 11 months, I think, we're in now without a 5% correction in the S&P. I mean, come on. Let's just get 5%. And that could set up a next risk-on buy signal all the way to the end of the year. So let's don't get too negative today. Let's just say right now it's risk-off. We're headed into OPEX, which is typically a volatile time. We're headed into a Fed meeting that's supposed to be big. So if volatility increases for a couple weeks and that leads to some weakness down to key levels, man, that could set up, Mark, a phenomenal entry point for a run to the end of the year. So, Erez, hey, how are you, man? Glad to see you. And everybody, let's give Erez a round of applause for uh, absolutely crushing this trade last week on the Armour Trading Desk. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. I say that the Armour Report and our Slack room and our trading desk, we're an army of analysts backed up by a tank division of algorithms, right? And what I mean by that is we got a lot of smart people that are part of the Armour Report, subscribers, insiders, and we're all sharing ideas in the Slack room during the day. And Ares has been all over the uranium trade, and that, that was just a killer entry point. What was that? Somewhere around a dollar, and the stock ran up to a dollar sixty in two weeks. The sixty percent return. Well done, brother. Well done, CCJ. All over it. You were just all over it. Round of applause for Ares on that call. That was sick. Ah, yeah, Jersey. <laughs> yeah, boats fixed. Taking it out today. Gonna go fishing with the, the children. So maybe I'll see you out there, man. All right. Uh, uh, I don't have an answer for you on that one, but let's just, I don't, you know, I don't know how, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that. I have to look into that. And if you're looking at the stock F-O-U-R, we're just looking at the chart pattern here, and that's telling you everything you need to know um, about that stock. Right, so let's say we just did some technical analysis right there, and we'd say there's the pennant it broke down out of, tried to recover, 
and is just miserably failing. So I would say four is headed a lot lower, and I certainly wouldn't own that stock. All right. Um, all right. So, hey, Stephen, how are you? NVAX. All right, so we have this reverse head and shoulders position. We bought it in here. It popped up here. Um, what, what we really didn't like, you know, so this sell-off right in here, the company was in, uh, um, had an analyst conference, you know, um, uh, update shareholder type of conference. And when they came out of the conference room, this is what the institutions did, right? They buried the stock. So we cut our position in half that day since it was still above the stop. And then, of course, Friday, the rest of the position came out as it closed below the stop. Okay? We used one of these rallies either here or right here. I think we, we exited uh, Novavax. Um, and, and, of course, it closed below the stop, right? So... I don't know now. Fundamentally, the reason the stock got whacked, I think, is that people were hoping India would approve um, for emergency use their vaccine, and, and they didn't. They delayed it another month. And so that's probably why you got that selling. I think the fundamental story is intact. I don't know. I mean, I can't predict what will have to happen for the next risk on signal. I, I mean, we'll have to see how the chart, the price action performs. And then we'll get another algorithmic entry point. We'll put the money to work. I mean, the last algo entry point was right in here. Popped up. We booked a profit, right? Now it's come back down. We'll wait for the next one. And we'll see if it coincides with a market risk on signal, right? So the market looks god awful. I don't care what the individual stock algo is saying. MRNA. I, 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 this pattern really concerns me at this point. It's been an unbelievable rip higher, four standard deviations above the 200-day implosion. That usually traps people. Now it's coming back up. I, I, I'm not a big fan of that chart pattern, so I don't know when I would be back in that. The NTX, that's usually a blow-off top. So um, my, my focus actually will be increasing my Pfizer position, right? We picked this off right here. The thing ripped higher. We talked about writing calls. When it hit 50, on the Slack trading desk, I was sharing with you guys, hey, now's the time if you like to write calls to increase your yield on Pfizer. So that, you're going to collect all of that premium, right? And at some point in here, and if you didn't do that, let's say you, let's say you booked some profits. Let's say you, you booked 50% of your gains here and it comes down. When it sets up the next entry point, I'll be doubling my position in Pfizer. Um, the auto stocks just aren't working for me. What is going on? Some of these I'm having a bit of a glitch in um, in some names here on TradeStation. I don't I don't quite understand it. Let's hope this comes up. You know, so Ford's in the downtrend here. I don't know. GM for some reason is not pulling up. So let's let's see if it does it. No, it won't do it. There's something wrong with their server. All right. Well, anyway, um, let's uh, let's go to this. I'll share this chart with you. Whoops. All right. This is the O'Neill chart. 
And it's also apparently glitchy. Maybe it's not. Here we go. Okay, so you can see GM is a nice uptrend and it's just miserably failed and it's below the 200-day moving average and the 50 is now crossing below the 200, which they like to call the death cross. So there's just nothing in that chart pattern that would make me want to get long um, General Motors. Uh, Disney, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, keep, I keep trying the stock. I tried it here, got stopped out. Tried it in here. We owned it before the earnings. It popped up, came back down, got out of break even, right? Now it's come back up. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with the stock. You know, Disney and McDonald's are really confounding to me. Both of the chart patterns look right. It looks like I should own them. Um, I guess from a long-term investing standpoint, you probably could own them there. Um, but I would need a risk-on green signal to put any money to work. Yeah, bank stocks are interesting. So you look at utilities and you look at the bank stocks. Here's XLF as an example. Or um, what's um, that's not XBK. What is it? Uh, The bank X uh, XKD. I can't remember right now. Um, but anyway, we'll use XLF because they all look basically the same. I think it's KRE, right? Yeah, regional banks. So, I mean, does that chart look good to you? You know, the regional bank ETF. So I'm supposed to believe rates are going up, which is supposed to be good for banks. And regional banks look like this. They, I mean, what looks better, that or utilities? U utilities. Utilities look better. Rates are supposed to go up, and utilities look better than banks. Uh, something just doesn't, you know, something's not, something strange going on. Geez, the cannabis couch. All right, let's go to it. That's MJ, right? Let's see if this thing will work on MJ. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Deb, I, you know I want to get on the cannabis couch. You know I want to own these things, you know? And because we use stops and we protected ourselves correctly, we're, we're profitable trading these things. We, we, we stepped in last week for a day and the very next day got out because we just weren't getting paid and that was accurate because the whole thing imploded right so i'll try these names every time i i think there's a you know a little light at the end of the tunnel with a ridiculously tight stop because when it works it won't even challenge the stop it'll just go like back here when we had the trade on back here and it just bang it took off and then they just took off right so there's just nothing to see here there's no reason. They keep making lower highs and lower lows. No matter how much I love the space, I, I just can't put money to work. Look what's going on. I don't even understand it, Deb, to be honest with you. The, the fundamentals are unreal for U.S. MSOs. Tilray announced yesterday, or, or last week, Friday, I think, or Thursday, that they have authorized more shares because they want to make more acquisitions in the U.S. and other places in the world, whatever. I believe there's going to be an acquisition rush into these stocks at some point. 
So I want to own the U.S. MSOs. And I don't have to get fancy about it. Everybody likes to get fancy. I just want True Leaf, Cure Leaf, Green Thumb. That's all I need. I don't need the small, small, small guys. I really believe at this point, of course, I'll use algorithms and I'll keep trying entry points. But my guess is, even if we waited, I know you don't want to hear this, but even if we waited until they literally passed the Safe Banking Act, yes, the stocks will be up 50% that day. 50% off a ridiculously cheap price, and it'll be viable that day. You see what I'm saying? Like, literally, we might miss the first move off the bottom, but it won't even matter because when they finally pass the Safe Banking Act, it'll be sky's the limit on these stocks. So I'm not waiting for it to be up 50%. I'm not saying that. I'm going to try each entry point, you know, because I think we'll get on something that starts to move up, and then there'll be the passing. That's my guess. But I'm just saying, big picture it right now, we don't have to be heroes and pick a bottom. We have to be patient for, one, a rule change, or hopefully, two, a bottom structure that builds. And after the ass-kicking that these things are taking, I, I think you're going to need three to six months of structure before you get a real viable signal. It doesn't mean I won't trade them. I'll try to put some capital to work. But the real investable entry point, I believe, will take a three to six-month window to develop. That's my guess. All right. I got this on my list. See, this is what I'm talking about. Um, you can't see that. Um, this is what I'm talking about. See, this is like a three to six month window of AI building a base. I think I think cannabis stocks are going to have to do that. You know, they'll have this big rip off the bottom. This is like this is like cannabis stocks. They'll have a big rip off the bottom, then they'll build a base. That's what I think is going to happen. And we're not even close to that yet, you know. But I mean, that's an interesting chart, Sean. But not the kind of stock I'd be owning in a market like this. All right, and the last question, unless you guys have anything else to ask. Um, Academy Sports Outdoors, well, it looks pretty good. Yeah, interesting looking chart. Hey, I'm not saying there aren't chart patterns out there that, that look good, right? And to wrap up, I guess, at the end of my thought here, um, An Armor Insider just made a very good point. Silver Fox just reminded me that um, on top of that discussion, Deb, this is for you, about um, uh, cannabis stocks. When they're down this much for this long, we're going to get into tax loss selling at the end of the year. So where do they go? I mean, I, it probably takes till the end of the year to build a base. And I know exactly where you're going, Silver Fox, with this. Stocks that get wrecked like that into the end of December on tax loss selling are some of the best stocks in January, right? That might be the time to go bottom fishing after the flushing sound of tax loss selling. And then they come on, you know, just for a bottom fishing trade. That's a great, a great thought there, Fox. Thanks for reminding me. Um, I forget where I was going with this, but, uh, oh, I was just going to say, it's not that there aren't going to be... Um, There, there are definite charts out there you can buy that, you know, there's definite breakouts occurring. 
Um, I know, I, you know, just give an example. Here's a couple of chart patterns, right? Oh, I don't know what's the matter with this today. I hope they, hope they fix that before Monday morning. All right. So like um, KLAC. Oops. Right. KLAC looks like, hey, nothing wrong with the, you know, it doesn't even know the market was down. That looks great. Right. How about uh, FND? Right, floor and decor. It doesn't even know the market's down. Looks great. Breaking out. 92 relative strength. Okay, so it's not that there aren't places you can go to make money. You, there certainly are. And from um, those of you who follow uh, uh, William O'Neill, William O'Neill is still risk monitor green, you know, in what, what they would call risk monitor. They're, they're still market in a confirmed uptrend. They have no problem with what the market's doing. So confirmed uptrend from O'Neill, they keep buying stocks. Armour Report algorithm says the opposite. You know, I hate that. I hate that because I really have a lot of... Um, um, respect for um, O'Neill. So I'm curious when that thing turns to a market, uh, um, a market correction or a market uh, uptrend under pressure, they like to call it. Um, but we'll see. So risk monitor red. We see what happens in the next couple of weeks into OPEX, into the Fed comments. If volatility keeps spiking, we're going to focus on day trading indexes. I'd love for you guys to join me if you wish. Um, on our trading desk because it's been lots of fun and I'm just going to really be focusing a lot. You know, we have our index only portfolio. It's 100% cash now. And what I'll be doing is day trading that every day. Every, every opportunity I see, that whole portfolio will be getting long or short the market using these tools. Um, the, you know, the, the, the triple, I like to trade the triples. I don't hold them overnight, but they're great trading vehicles. I actually did a little analysis and on a, on a trade we had last week, on more than one trade last week, the TQQQ or the SQQQ or the SPXL, uh, SPSXS, um, these triple ETFs of the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P, you know, on a tenth of a percent move in the S&P, we saw a more than three-tenths of a percent move higher in that ETF, more than three. It actually was more than 3x. So it's meant to be three times. But if you trade correctly, you can capture inefficiencies. And of course, other times it may not do that. So it might even out over time. But we captured some inefficiencies last week. So um, anyway, we'll be going at that again. I appreciate your time with me, guys. I'm going to be now um, grabbing a bite to eat, getting the boat ready, going to do some fishing this afternoon with kids. Um, pictures eminent. <laughs> all right. Have a great weekend. I'll see all our insiders 830 uh, Monday morning for our uh, morning meeting, getting ourselves ready for what I believe will be a gap up. I'm just having fun sharing a guess. I have no idea what's going to happen, right? But I'm just telling you, typically when you get that kind of flushing sound Friday, even in a downtrend, it gaps up Monday morning. This is why I don't hold shorts overnight over the weekend. I don't hold puts over the weekend. I know a lot of guys ask me that question. I don't do that. Now, if I'm hedging a huge portfolio, so let's say I'm 100% long, do I carry a put over the weekend? Maybe, okay? But almost never, and I certainly am not doing it now. I'm making too much money day trading. Why would I? I don't want to think about it over the weekend. I want to come in Monday, see what we get, put our trades on. So we don't want to be biased in one direction or another. You know, 
But I expect the market to gap up. And quite frankly, a gap up Monday morning would be a confirmation to me that the market's going lower, not higher. If the market gapped down Monday morning, I think that would be actually a buying opportunity for a rip back up towards 4,500 in the S&P. So that's my guess. This is not investment advice. I don't know what's going to happen. But we'll talk about it Monday morning, 8.30. We'll see what's happening, and we'll go over step-by-step step what our plan will be to trade the indexes you know, and, and what stocks, if we have any stocks, we want to trade. I know some of you love trading stocks, and I'm with you on that 100%, but I personally like to do what I'm really good at and do it aggressively and put blinders on and do nothing else. I don't, I don't want to be led astray. This idea, that idea, that, 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 that. that's great. There's always 100 different ideas I can trade. So what I'm looking for is the trade where I have the highest probability of success, where the reward is worth the risk. And I hit that as hard as I can. And I avoid everything else. That's just how I trade. Maybe it'll work for you. I don't know. You have to figure out your own risk tolerance, what your goals are, how you like to trade. But that's what I do. I hope this information has helped you. I love chatting with you guys because it helps me order my own thoughts. So thanks for spending time with me. I'll see you all next week. Take care.